0: Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a Messy Walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Messy Walk Podcast. We're super excited. Uh, This is episode eight of the Messy Walk Podcast. This is part two of the urgent And important series um, and we're super I'm I'm really super excited to get back into the conversation about uh, urgency and uh, importance in our lives um, last episode we talked more about why it is and and uh, the urgencies that we have in our lives and why we should be choosing the importance over the urgent but now we want to talk more into how can we biblically do that yeah. how can we biblically focus on the important things in our lives to not create urgencies that then create us, that veer us from important things ever more. Yeah, if you go back
1: to, if you got to go back to that quote that we used last week from Seth Godin about that if you choose what's important, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent. Yes. And so we were talking through last time, if you missed it, or if you feel like you need a refresher when we go through this, we we were just laying out what it really means. What's really the difference between urgent and important, right? What are the differences there and how these urgent things tend to kind of take over our life, right? And so there's a, there's a reason, there's a sinful root there that um, in, our, in our natural sinfulness um, that we don't lean into the Holy Spirit enough to see the big picture. We don't lean into the promise of Jesus long term, and so we tend to focus so much more on the day-to-day stuff, which almost always ends up being these urgent things, these squeaky wheels, like we called them, or these fires that need to be put out. Instead of seeing a bigger picture. So anytime you find yourself heavily discouraged, right? And so I am somebody who battles discouragement all the time. I take things very personally. I'm a perfectionist. You know, maybe that's you too. Um, If you find yourself that you're somebody who's constantly discouraged, or maybe you're just in a season of discouragement, the discouragement always comes from a spiritual standpoint of us paying way too much attention to what's happening in the present and not rooted into the promises of the future, in Jesus, and you know where things are going, and the promises that are there, no matter what. So, you you see, you see some great examples of this in the early church, and especially the early church in Acts. But you can see it all throughout Paul's letters as well. Um, you see a lot of good examples of this where they are literally fighting crazy, urgent stuff. I mean, they're they're threatened. There's there's just all kinds of issues going on, and they're constantly pointing back to no, there's a there's a hope, there's a future. There's a bright spot, and no matter what's happening in the moment, I'm going to make sure that I keep my mind and my soul focused on what's really important and who Jesus is and what He has accomplished through the empty tomb. And so, there's a natural sinfulness for us to fall back into just paying attention to what's urgent all the time, you know. And I think that's kind of what we were talking through last episode, and sounds a little bit better right now than it probably did on the last episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of that's kind of the deal. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I learned I learned a lot in the last episode, just I think in in the sense of conviction. And after I hear like, oh, you know, I do tend to lean toward my urgencies more than the importance. And I do see that when I put the importance down, it creates putting that one importance that one thing that is important down, I I believe because I've seen it in my life, it creates eight. It does. It creates it creates
1: lots of them. And that's the that's the, the, the antithesis of what that Seth Godin's quote is, is you know, his was focused on if you will, you know, choose what's important, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent. The opposite of that is, is if you choose what's urgent, you will not deal with the things that are important. And then that will create more urgency. Yeah. That'll create more things that you've got to deal with. And, and we all have, this was a big point from last time. We'll say it before we get into the, I think, the good stuff. It's a little more hopeful. But um, we all have time for what we choose to have time for. None of us have more time than anybody else has. No matter what's on their plate, we still have the same amount of time. And so we have to choose it. And so if you end your day – you said this last time, Graham. If you end your day going, oh, man, I, I, I got all these things done and I'm just going to sit here and not do – you know, my word is vegetate. My wife says that to me. She says vegetate. when you're stressed, when you're struggling, you just vegetate on the couch. What I dealt with all these problems during the day. And so I'm just going to sit here and, and, you know, those things that I know are important. I need to spend time here. I need to spend time with this. These are the things I care about. These are the things that are formative to me in Jesus. I'm just going to watch Netflix and, you know, drink a big gulp and, you know, and pass out. And I'll do those tomorrow.
0: Mm.
1: And you're effectively, you just made a choice of where what was going to get your time and your energy. And what was going to get your time and energy was going to be things that, popped up during the day that were dealing with the present, and you weren't going to put your energy and time into things that were more future, right, and that were more further out, and that were, you know, when we talk future as Christians, you got to remember, anytime we talk future as Christians, we're not just talking... Ten years out, five years out, ten years out, we're always speaking into eternity as Christians, right? So we're we're already in the abundant life. When we're in Jesus, there is no death. There are no death for those that stand in Jesus Christ. And so the death has been conquered. And so we're we're already in our abundant life with Christ, right? You're not waiting for some future moment. So we're talking eternity all the time um, when we talk future. And so it helps to, I think, think through the important stuff is more tied to eternity. And the urgent stuff is tied to present day right now. And so I think we forget as Christians a lot that, you know, we're walking in eternity with Christ. And so we're building things, we're storing things up, we're leaning into promises that are eternal promises, not just, you know, something for today.
0: Would you, I love what you just said. I want to kind of ask a question of that. Would you say, in a broader sense of urgency and importance, that a life that is not lived in abundance with Christ, is an urgent life. Absolutely. And I'm going to have my best life now, and a life of importance is one of purpose for eternal purposes. Absolutely.
1: There's a focus on what is actually really important, and that is always eternal things. And things that are temporal, things that are momentary, even the ones that seem so important, they they are just that they are they're temporal they're right here right now in the moment and in Christ we have got to be better at seeing eternal things for what they are and them having them having priority like the eternal I mean just think about this from a basic level so maybe you're listening right now and you're not like this well-informed christian and where you know your whole bible by the way none of us do so you're all right just keep pushing in.
0: That's why I got to keep breathing it.
1: But, I mean, let's just say that's the case. You do know that, that all these things that are eternal are – that is what's important. Those are the crucial pieces. Those are the things that make us different. That is the promise that we have in Jesus is that there are eternal things that are in mind and that we have got to keep those eternal things in the forefront. We must. We must keep them in the forefront. And I do think when you're walking through hard times, one of the best ways to walk through those with purpose and dignity and get out of the other side of them without having, you know, completely screwed up, royally screwed up is to say, even in this moment, even these, this is temporary, I have eternal promises. I have eternal security, right? Eternal security is more than just, you know, you got to pass to heaven and you're going to be in heaven. Eternal security is more of all the promise of Jesus. I can walk in them for all the days of my life, right? Here, Now. There, then, all through, and so we've got to be able to step back into a perspective of eternity, even as we're walking around in this, you know, temporal earth. Right? We have to be able to to, to think through the perspective of eternity.
0: What, what would you answer if someone asked why do we tend to lean toward the urgency?
1: So, to me,
0: like the why behind it, like
1: yeah, to me, I think at least, especially for me. Um, the natural sinfulness is to, um, is to think through things that really affect you and you primarily, right? And so it's a, it's a battle of uh, lordship in your life. And so I think that we constantly are focusing on what's more in front of us because when we're thinking earthly and not eternally, we're thinking about us and our needs and our wants and our desires and our problems and our issues, and so that's immediately making us the focus. When we're thinking eternally, you almost can't, you almost cannot. I mean, I think, I think almost maybe a stretch. I don't think you can think eternally and have it focused on you. I don't think you can. And so the issue is, is that if we're overly focused on urgent things all the time, we can't seem to to focus in on what's important. It's probably because You're leading your life when God's leading your life when you're giving him full-on carry underwood Jesus take the wheel He don't have you focusing on little temporal earthly little things, right? I mean, he's he's specifically saying to us look at the birds of the field Right, they get what they need, don't they? Let's don't focus so much on these basic little things as much as we do on the bigger picture you know, and he's he's focusing on. It. So if we're if we've got this mindset that's more in eternal things, if it's more in important things, it's because we're leaning to God and He's got the will. And when we're focused on these things that are small and minute and urgent, not to say that some of them aren't important, but or that they have to be dealt with, we're much more focused on us and and lack of a better way to say it. We've got the will. I think that's the big root, and I know that's been the case for me in my life. I know it.
0: Wow. That's just a really good. Yeah, you just, just, just right? you just have to sit here sometimes, right? You just have to sit here. Soaking it in. Um, yeah, I have a next question for you, Adam. Sure. Uh, what would you say, and you are kind of talking about it earlier, but a main scripture example yeah. for the difference, that describes the difference between, okay, I'm going to choose the urgent over the important.
1: Yeah, so there are lots, of course, right? And so there's all kinds of ways that you can see this, because what what I want to get to before we're done is why it's all through Scripture, Um, because it's it's a monster, humongous point. It might be the point of all points. But the best example I think that there is in all of Scripture for this to be able to see clearly is found in Luke chapter 10, and it is the... The story, the the narrative of what's happening with Martha and Mary. It's known as the Martha Mary scripture, right? Where Jesus comes to visit. And I'm, I'm gonna paraphrase it, but if you want to look at it, Luke 10 it starts off in, I think, verse 38 or something like that. Goes several verses, not super long. But Jesus is is coming to hang out with them, and Martha has kind of put all this thing together, right? And so she's doing all these preparations and all this kind of stuff. And and then when we say Martha Mary, we're we're not talking about Mary Mother Jesus. We're talking about Martha and Mary of Bethany. These are uh, friends to Jesus, and so this isn't some random acquaintance. These are the sisters of Lazarus who he raised from the dead. Both of these girls, both of these women, they definitely know who they're dealing with with Jesus, right? So it's not some sort of acquaintance. It's not like they just met him. They know exactly what they're dealing with. He has raised their brother from the dead, and I don't mean just from the dead. I mean from the stinky dead. Like there's dead, and then there's dead for days, they're stinky dead. He, he's done the absolute impossible in their brother's life, and so they know him well. So he comes to visit, and he's having dinner with them, and Martha is so concerned with all those pieces, um, the, 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 the preparations of the meal, the hospitality to people, and all those things. And Mary is instead just kind of hanging out at defeated Jesus and Martha gets upset. Martha basically says, to Jesus, this is how you know they have a relationship too if you read through this. If you go, go read it if you haven't read it before. Um you know they have a relationship because Martha basically looks at Jesus and goes, "Do something about her, please. She needs to be helping me." I mean, he don't be like she she, she she don't be like, "Will you please? Don't you think didn't you be good?" I mean, she just is like, "Hey." I mean, it's almost it's almost a high level of disrespect, but that's the that's the the relationship that they have, you know. It's a free-flowing relationship, right? It's probably how our prayers ought to be with God anyway, Um, not that what she says, because what she says is wrong, and he takes care of that, but the familiarity of she's just having a conversation with him, and and she says what she's thinking, what she's feeling, which is what we should do, even if it's kind of ugly and disrespectful. If God knows it anyway, and he's God, he knows it anyway, maybe we just need to you know, talk, right? Conversate. So communicate. That's what prayer is. It's communication. So anyway, Mary's chilling at, the feet. chilling at Jesus' feet and he tells Martha, no, I'm not doing that. And he says, you've done some good things, Martha, but you're too focused on things that ultimately are not important. While Mary is focused on what's really important. And he says this key phrase at the end. He says, she has chosen what is most important. This will not be taken away from her. And he says it in a way that's much more than you're not going to do something, Martha. It's got this eternity root to it we were just talking about, where it's like, nope, this is important stuff, and it can't be taken away from you. Nothing's going to take away from you the fact that you are choosing the important and you are sitting at my feet. It's, it's huge because the stuff that Martha's doing, they're not bad. It's not bad stuff. right? Matter of fact, it, all throughout the Scripture, hospitality is heralded. As as a wonderful act of Christian love and brotherhood, and so, and sisterhood, whatever word you want to use, and so, it, the things she's doing they're, they're not bad at all, at all. They're just they just shouldn't get in the way of what's most important. That's what Jesus is saying. It's not like those things are bad and all, but they turn bad immediately when they keep you from the important. Those like those random examples we gave last episode, those things that you do for your kids, there's things you do for your family, those squeaky wheels that you put grease on. It's not like you're doing something bad. Where it turns bad, where it turns problematic is a better word, is when it keeps you from doing the important stuff. You talked about last week, you know, like you, and we think like we said at the beginning, you sitting down at the end of the day going, oh, I got all this accomplished, I got all these things done. That was great, but now I'm spent and I'm tired, so I'm just going to sit here and not do the things that I know are important. Now they become a problem, right? They weren't necessarily a problem, but that's where they become one right there. And so Jesus lays that out there pretty hardcore with the fact that, you know, you, you have to—she's you. She's choosing what's most important, and that is being at my feet. And it will not be taken away from her, eternal-type thought, right? It's, it's something rooted. It's important. It's futuristic. It's, it, it's, it's rooted in Christ. It's sealed in the promises. I mean, it's not going nowhere. Nothing's going to fool with that. And and he's basically saying, Martha, you should have did this too. I mean, that's what he's that's what he's saying to her. So, you know, when we're talking about this, the bottom line is is in Jesus is saying this, if we're not intentional, Martha, if you're not intentional, the urgent will crowd out the important if we're not intentional. And so I don't want to leave this I said this to to Graham a little while ago. I don't want to leave this episode with, well, you're no good. You stink. So do better. Thank you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) End of the episode. See us next week. I don't want to end this with a whole, you know, oh my gosh, this whole, if you think about this big thought, and I like to think big thoughts, um, you end up getting overwhelmed with it. You go, there's no way to fix this. There's no way to do anything. I'm always going to be in this, like, almost feels like a rat race of trying to battle this. Um, But don't forget, you have the power of Jesus, which means it's doable. Don't forget. The Holy Spirit is literally working and molding inside of you to make you more like Christ. And don't forget you also have the scripture that you can reference to understand this better. And you have people around you that God's placed in your life. And so to, to, to get this big thought of, well, I stink, I can't go any further. That's not true. And don't forget what we said a couple episodes ago, that if you're a disciple, that means you're disciplined in taking action steps. does not mean that you're not going to fail. You're going to fail, guaranteed. But you you But you take action steps. And there can be a route into improving that if you do that. So I don't want to leave you with a bunch of, you know, well, you just need to do better. Game over. Next next one. Um, that's how I counsel, by the way. Uh, pastoral counseling is not my thing. I do it. right. It's my job. It's part of my job. But the reason I'm not a great counselor is because pretty quickly in the counseling sessions I'll be like, all right, so don't do that no more.
0: But, Adam, I have a problem. <laughs>
1: don't do that no more. Okay. Okay. Uh, Done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, quit and start this. <laughs> all right, let's talk. You know, Don't let's, do it. let's go eat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I want to talk through some practical tools that I have seen in my life. And I preached through this not that long ago. Um, some practical tools that I've seen in my life that help me to choose the important. Because I think the question is kind of that will be rooting around in your brain if you're, if you're processed through all this and thinking about that this is true struggle is will be, well, how, how do I choose what's important? Not how do I know? We said that earlier, too. You know what's important, and, and the Holy Spirit will make sure that you are, are becoming more and more aware of what's important. It's how do you pick it? How do you choose it? And so there's some practical tools that can help us choose what's important. The first tool um, is you, you – and this is one that I've used for a while. I learned this from somebody else, from another mentor, because I'm not naturally good at it, is to create artificial deadlines. And so if you create artificial deadlines, then you're, you're actually intentionally making the important happen prior to it actually needing to happen so that when stuff does come up that's urgent, it doesn't crowd it out. And so when I say artificial deadlines, I mean literally I mean a fake deadline. I mean one that's not real. And so you, you have natural de- – like, here's an example. I think I used this when I preached it too. Um, when is the deadline, the actual deadline for any preacher preaching any message? Well, technically, the deadline is about four seconds before you speak it. I mean, technically, that's the deadline. But you can put artificial deadlines in place that make that thing actually happen because it's an important piece of what you do. And so I give myself artificial deadlines on when messages are done for multiple reasons. Um, some of the smaller reasons are secondary reasons. Or if I walk in to preach a message on a Sunday morning and that's when my message is done, then nobody else on my team can do any part of their role because they haven't gotten the information until last at the last moment. Right. And so that's, that's part of it. But the, but the main reason I give myself an artificial deadline of weeks before this. Um, and so way, way before it's preached that, you know, it's finished. That makes any sense. Right. So, um, The reason I do it earlier is because it's an incredibly important part of what I do. It's crucially important. And so why would I leave something? Here's a big question for you. Why would I leave something important to the last minute where it could be derailed by urgent stuff? Or it could be derailed just by me forgetting. Or it could be derailed by me being lazy. Or why would I leave something that's that important up to the last minute? Artificial deadlines kind of free you of the the sinful act of ignoring it or the just accident of urgent stuff coming out and and crushing it and, you know, pushing it out. And so if you kind of create a deadline on this is when something needs to be done or this is how much time I'm going to allot to this and here's when it's going to go down, then you're making it happen in a prioritized level prior to it, right? And so it's happening ahead of time, you know. Um, and, and just from a preacher standpoint I don't know if we have any preachers listening we do have a couple um, there's a couple friends of ours that we work with with Casas Por Cristo who are listening in the Dominican Republic right now and so just from a preacher standpoint so it's probably implying to anybody else but I like to say it preachers love to be using some excuse of my message is not done to the last minute because I'm leaning on the Holy Spirit to speak to me at the last minute sure the Holy Spirit speaks in the last minute the Holy Spirit also speaks six months beforehand, three months beforehand, four months beforehand, two weeks beforehand, right? And so you can't walk through your life as a Christian going, I'm just going to let the Spirit lead me every single moment and and negate the responsibility of listening to the Spirit two weeks before, right? You know, Yes, you want the Spirit to lead you every moment, but you, you also do the same thing two weeks before, three weeks before, whatever, as you prioritize. And so that's one little tool, yeah. just an easy little tool. Um, another tool, and I think this is more important, is to be incredibly prayerful and careful about what you say yes to. Because if you say yes to stuff without being prayerful about it, then you've immediately kind of set yourself up to say yes to a bunch of stuff that's urgent and not the things that the Lord is leaning on you of it being important in your life. So you got to be careful about the way you say those things. And so, you know, one of the one of the barriers to having a meaningful life and a walk with Jesus that you lay your head on the on the, you know, on the bed at night and go, I did not get this all right, but by golly, I'm moving forward. You know, like I, things are improving. I'm, I can see improvement in the Lord, right, and so in, my, in my walk with the Lord. One of the barriers to that meaningful life is overcommitment. It's you're committed to too many things, it's not commitment. It's overcommitment. We, especially as Americans, I don't think we lack commitment. We lack overcommitment to things aren't that aren't that important, you know, things that aren't the crucial parts. And so being able to be prayerful and careful about your yeses really helps you to not end up with a whole list of things that aren't that important that you're committed to doing you know the the, the all those moms that are listening right now the best moms don't do more they do more of what matters most the best leaders don't do more they do more of what matters most the best christ followers and when I say best, that's that's weird. The most effective Christ followers, they don't do more; they do more of what matters most. You can go you back know?
0: to the example using Mary and Martha right there too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mary was doing some. I mean, Martha was yeah. doing some great things. This is not the issue. But she was trying to she was trying to hold them all. She was trying to also give them all equal priority, which leads to the biggest one. The biggest tool here, and this is that big big thing. This is a big principle of God. This is probably the most. The most pertinent principle of God is you do first what matters most. You do first what matters most. From the scripture that we just read, the absolute purest interpretation of what matters most from that conversation with Mary and Martha and Jesus. The the absolute purest interpretation of that scripture is what matters most is time with Jesus. And he is serious about it, and he even says, too, that that time with him, that sitting at his feet, that leaning into him, will not be taken away from her. There's something bigger there. And so when you look at it, you do first what matters most, and the most important thing is definitely time with Christ. And you can see this principle play out in every single thing that God leads us to, that what we do first matters the most in our life. And so we have to intentionally, we have to we have to lean into God's le- teaching, and then we have to make ourselves do first the things that are the most important to us. And so you can see this principle all throughout Scripture uh, in j- virtually everything that we're called to do. And then God lays out these natural rhythms for us naturally to be able to do this because he knows we're going to struggle with it, mm-hmm. right? It, he knows we're going to struggle with it. So he lays out these rhythms like, for example, um, you know, the the tithe, for example, the tithe is not ten percent. That's not biblically correct. The tithe is the first ten percent. Right? It's this idea of I'm gonna do first what matters most. And so we get these 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 spiritual disciplines that God lays in our lap on purpose, intentionally to keep us putting the the tent poles in first before we go throwing all the stuff in, right? And so tithing's a good example of it. Um, you know, uh, Corporate worship of the church, gathering with the with the body of believers. Hey, folks, look, it's happening on the first of the week. Monday's not the first day of your week. I know it feels like it, and we all act like it is. Monday's not the first day of our week. Sunday is. Yeah. And so we have a chance every single week to kick the week off with the Lord being first. Hmm. And then the same thing with... You know, every day you have an opportunity when you wake up in the morning to put the Lord first in prayer, in Bible reading, in just connecting with Him, whatever that looks like for you. You know, prayer and Bible reading are pretty much two that have to be in there, but you may do that by listening to the Bible while you take a jog, but it's the first thing that happens in the morning, and so it sets a tone for the day that, God, I've put you first today. And so if we do that, and those are just a couple examples, another one would be uh, fasting, right, that you kick off your year fasting or whatever, but... If we do that, if we do first what matters most, then when the urgent things come in, they can't crowd out the first, the most important, because you already did it. You're already in it, and it sets a tone. And that's a that is a monster, monster biblical principle that virtually will define every part of our walk with Jesus. Every part of our walk with the Lord will be the principle of firsts what we do first. And so we do first what matters most. And then, I mean, think about this. This is cool, right? Jesus says to her, this will not be taken away from you. If you do it first, how can it be taken away from you in the day and in the week? The urgent can't take it. It can't steal it because you've chosen to do it first right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It's just it's rooted in there. And then it becomes the, the foundation in which you're building the rest of that day, week, month, whatever it may be. You know, I mean, you get the, get the picture of the of the wedding ceremony as well, right? We're putting the Lord first in our marriage, right? And so we've started it off, and there's a root that's being planted. There's a cornerstone being laid. There's a good one that that Christ is first. He's preeminent, um, and He's going to be preeminent no matter what. But our walk with Christ dictates that we must make a conscious decision to make Him preeminent in our lives. And so that's the that's the monster one. And and that's that's why we do first what matters most is because he is preeminent, and yeah. then it, and then it can't be taken away from us. I mean, that's a beautiful thing that he said to her, to me, that really helps me a lot to know that that I have a I have a choice to not let my spiritual enemy derail me with a bunch of things that he's going to throw up during the course of the day. Hmm. I have a choice, Cause, and I and I make that choice every time I choose to put the most important things first. you know. So if you're you're sitting here right now and you're getting ready to lay out your calendar and you're a planner and you're a calendar person, the first thing you write on your calendar, it's the same as the tithing principle. The first thing you put on your calendar is the most important pieces. Hmm. And if we'll do them in that order, I mean, think about how this happens. If you took your calendar, I'm a calendar kind of guy. If you took your calendar and you put on there time with the Lord on each day and then church, you know, and stuff like that and all those pieces. And then you then you went next and you went, okay, but I need to be a good husband or a good wife or whatever, so here's my time with my spouse and here's my time with their kids. There's not a whole lot of time that's going to be left once you start organizing it in that way for the urgent stuff to just derail it. They're going to come up. You're going to screw up. You're going to mess up. No issue. Some stuff's going to come up where you're going to have to deal with it and it's going to push something off. But you've already set yourself up for success in the Lord, if you've made him first. He knows that about us. This is so much more than just self-help crap or calendar work. He knows that about us, and that's why he's laid it out for us to be able to take these action steps to be able to do that because he knows that we're tempted by the enemy mm. and we're tempted by sin to not put him first. And so we've got to be intentional about putting him first. That's the game changer, right? That's, that's the game changer. That's how you choose what's important. Mm. That's how you pick it.
0: Would you say – in a sense of self examination if i were to sit down and say okay let me look at what i'm putting first and i can actually know what i'm putting in my heart into absolutely to you. in a, you know what i'm saying like how i should apply this i should look now
1: yeah just look just just to do a reflection kind of look listeners,
0: right listeners you know how can i know what i find currently in my life the most important and is that the most important yeah, thing yeah
1: and then that, that way you can kind of do a test or you can yeah. kind of see right you can you can evaluate yeah, I mean, you. I didn't create this. I didn't invent this. But if you look at where you where you put your money, you'll see where your heart is. I think Jesus invented that, right? That's a Jesus quote. And and the little phrase goes: uh, If you show me where somebody's wallet is, I'll show you where their heart is, or where their priorities are. Yeah. If you show me what you do first in the day, I'll show you what you valued most that day. Yeah. Right. You know, if, if, if when you start evaluating back to what am I putting first in my day, week, month, year? And then, of course, those are just big ones. You can go any level. What am I putting first in my thoughts? We were saying this the other day when we were talking through the podcast stuff, and I can't get it out of my head. I keep coming back to it, is when something happens to you. So something bad's going to happen to you today. Even if on a scale of 1 to 10, the bad is 1, right? Something's going to happen that's not great. What's your first thought when that happens? What's the first thing you think of? And so if we can work on ourselves, well, when something happens to me that's not good, the first thing I'm going to think of is, but God, you're good. Then all of a sudden we put him first in that process. And think about how much different it would be if that's the case. You get a flat tire and the first thing you think of, but God, you're good. Now you're not mad and all ticked off and thinking that your day's ruined because your tire's flat. It changes things, right? It's the same thing with, not just, you know, something bad happening, but think about something good happening. Think about you getting recognized or you getting an award for something or, you know, you graduating or some sort of big day. Put God first in that moment, right? And so instead of it being me first, hey, look at me. I'm great. I did this. Oh, yes, I'm so happy. God, thank you for your goodness here. I want to I give you glory in this moment. You know, that, that's even – and then the other ones were like day, week, month, year – it can even be on the thought level of God being first. That's what He is. Grow- that's what we're being perfected in. Is we're being perfected in the sanctification process? Is us being perfected in God being preeminent in every level, moment, part of our soul, all of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: That's the, that's how you pick. That's how you choose what's most important. Well. Wow.
0: Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope this uh, these last few episodes were very helpful. To yes, you. absolutely. Again, we encourage you to share these with anyone that you wish to share them with. If you think there's someone that is dealing with these very things, we hope you will, yeah, and please they will do. listen to it. Um, and uh, be ready. Next week, we're going to be going. Next two episodes are going to be talking about s- control and surrender, and how uh, good ones. we tend to. Want to take control? And good, good tie-in from the things we just talked about. So, yeah, yeah, we're doing Sounds a little good. series thing right now. So I think it's yeah, kind of, just kind of
1: walking through some of those things. They yep. they may feel like Graham said before, they may feel a little self self help, but know that we're not telling you anything that's self help. This is all God help. Self help is garbage. Uh, God helps a whole different story. For sure, so <laughs> that's that's what we're sharing. And just want you to know as we wrap up that we're praying for you. You've been yeah. prayed for.
0: We love you guys. Thank we'll you. See, Have a we'll good see. day. Thanks for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a great week.